Hello, and welcome to the Seven Ways Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Seven Ways book, on demand and in digital forms. The book gives personality-based insights and advice rooted in these very spheros. I welcome any comments or questions about this podcast at rabbibailey at thesevenways.com. We begin Netzach week, building a bridge from Tiferes to Netzach, reminding ourselves that Yaakov Avinu's achievement was the Klal Sheva Prat, and he brought, along with this concept, the fact that within physical actions, there are spiritual connections. In Judaism, we believe that we can tap into the spiritual realm, but it's not only through meditation. We also believe that we must do the actions. It's a requirement, but it is not solely nitty-gritty and about subjugation. There is beauty and spirituality and depth within. Yaakov Avinu brought this and infused it together, and this is a beautiful transition into Netzach, which is more about information. So Netzach, as we defined it, is when the prat, in the parlance, the language of the Talmudic language used in Kabbalah, when the prat must be correct, it must be MS, it has to be put through the ringer a rigorous truth. Where do we find unmitigated Netzach, Netzach with no boundaries? The initial idea being that we must educate everyone. It is of extreme importance to develop the mind. As humans, the unique faculty we have above animals, we are different from animals, is thinking, the divine intellect, the stamp of God. Connect to the spiritual, but it is through analysis, logic, heavy emphasis on Rambam here. Um, Rambam Maimonides emphasizes that this is one of the pursuits in the world. We are lessening the physical pursuits of pleasure in order to uh, develop the mind and study Torah. Torah and truth is really the same thing as the centerpiece here of this week. Number two. Lifelong learning. We must We must have unmitigated approach to learning, studying daily, weekly, our, in our entire lives. We can always learn something new. We must pursue it. We cannot stop. On a different plane, the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, he grew in stature, but we see him taking action here. As we mentioned before, especially with like Netzach Shabbat you have to fight for justice. Here, you must manifest Netzach. He has manifest truth, even if it takes physical fighting to go for it. Obviously, there's rules to the fighting. But we must stand up for truth. Moshe Rabbeinu, taking someone's life if it necessitates saving a Jew. Calling people out, stopping the fighting. He's not just in the study hall. He's going and bringing that to the world. Shmuel, going and making circuit courts. Shmuel Hanavi. Oppositely, but related. Gevura Sheba Neitzach. The Gemara tells us that we're not supposed to teach a student who is not hogun, who is not appropriate, proper. It is, there is actually a time when you shouldn't share. We don't give information to people. Sometimes it fuels the fire. There are several sources and logical statements based on this. 
One of them is, if you do this, it's like throwing a stone to the Marcolis of Odazara. You're doing the main service of throwing a stone is like throwing a stone at an idol who is worshipped through stone. Now I elaborate upon this in the second introduction to my Shoftim series, Downstream from Religion. God willing, it will be published soon. And there I explain that Avodah Zarah idolatry is not just some, some ridiculous mistake. There's plenty of mistakes there, but each, each Avodah Zarah is rooted in a psychological archetype that people have. So, for example, if someone is dreaming about a savior, they create a savior Avodah Zarah. If someone wants an indulgent Avodah Zarah to, to broach uh, all sorts of boundaries and values, they might go to the Pa'or, just abrogation of responsibility writes Rav Chaim Shmuel Lebitz in Sikhlis Musar. Each of Oda Zara is, is it's a it's a symbol, it's a message rooted in, rooted in humans' unhealthy psychology. So here, I believe that Marcolis is related to human anger, taking anger way too far. So if you throw the stone, boom, hit it, make room for another stone, as the Gemara says, it's a problem. You're bringing that anger. So here, you know, if somebody who's a, let's say, not an appropriate student were to hear part of the Torah, that would incense them, don't tell them. People, Many people have been hurt by religious figures, by Judaism, by the strictures of Judaism. And in that trauma, the quote-unquote of the derech, let's talk about this phrase later, in that, in that trauma, they, if they're given the wrong part of Torah, they can't see the beauty there. It's out of context then. They have to heal the inner trauma. No one is, no one is really off the derech. People are always growing and changing. At any moment, they have the free choice to move a certain amount. As Rav Yisrael Salantra says, it's sort of like a battle or a football, the, the middle of a football field, the, the point of battle. You're always trying to move that line based on your free will, free choice. We're not looking at per perfection at every moment. So setting aside the author Derek uh, Parlan's talk, um, we don't teach a student whom is not proper to teach. You're adding anger to anger. You're adding fuel to the fire. Or somebody won't understand an idea. They'll become a heretic. Look at how Yeshu is described in Sanhedrin and other places. They they cannot take the emis. They take it out of context. It becomes a weapon. There's nothing wrong with holding it back at the right time. Related to the self-criticism that we had before, Neitzach and Gevura are what I call the Chachma Midas. They are the ones about information, finding truth and information. And in therapy, I found people who have this Neitzach Mida first meter, second meter, or perhaps they have this perfectionism, absolutism, uh, they become very hard on themselves. So in terms of a Natsach sense, people feel like they, they must have a perfect schedule to work. They must find the truth. And what's I have to be absolute. Anything less than that is preposterous. It's ridiculous. I keep pushing myself. I don't think about emotions. I think about logic. They have to do Gavorish of Natsach, pull themselves away. You know, think of Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not a sustainable system to be working so much. One must pull themselves back with that self-control in order to have a sustainable system, which is what Yisro tells Moshe, what Jethro tells Moses, our teacher. And of course, Moshe Rabbeinu is the archetype of study and knowledge of being the special conduit for Torah. But at the, at the beginning, in the, in the early stages, you know, he's taking action, as I said. But also, the Gavur Shabbat is he needs to weed out people that are harmful. 
for the situation. You know, no child left behind is all children left behind. People need to be in the right place. One or two children can can damage an entire class. There either has to be a different school, different classroom, multiple teachers. This becomes a quandary. I'm not saying there's a simple answer, but the uh, the good answers have been taken out of many public schools in these in cities. It's unfortunate. I've seen it. I used to work there firsthand. I've seen it. So it's 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 it just like trimming the rose bush of Chesed and Gabura makes the plant sustainable. It's okay to, to separate people and take them away. They should have an education in a different way. People can thrive in alternative settings. Of course, funding and this and that makes it difficult, but this is the idea in a concept. As a spe special lesson, I wanted to get into Hillel and Shammai. Hello, hello, this is future Ian coming in to edit and take a pause. I use the uh, phrases Hillel and Shammai and base Hillel and base Shammai uh, interchangeably here, so forgive me. I was staring at my um, Word document on the screen, but of course there's a difference between Hillel and Shammai, the, the people and their uh, schools of thought, even after they passed away or while they were still alive. Thank you. Future Ian out. You know, the famous Hillel and Shammai, Shammai quote-unquote strict, Hillel being kinder with mercy, very commonly associated with Gevur and Chesed. I want to throw in something else to the mix here that I see in the Midrashim, Hod and Netzach, or perhaps Hillel being Netzach, Hod type, and um, Shammai being Netzach, Netzach type. So within the lens of knowledge on this earth, we lean towards the practical. What can a person handle? This is Hillel. In heaven, with a capital H, Shemayim. And in Zman Mashiach, the Messianic times, people can handle perfection. That's when we paskin. That's when we go with the opinion of Shammai. You know, we can't, we, the last, we, we can't live here in an unbalanced world. We have to live with the practicalities of how things are not perfect here. We have to have that hoed mercy, which is uh, letting someone be special in their unique context. The prod is okay without the claw because we're on this earth, and it's okay to let go with that. The people with Midas and Netzach have a very hard time with things not going according to schedule. I advise many of them to have uh, multiple schedules. If you feel like things are not going well, don't don't just um, indulge and do nothing all day. That becomes a perfectionism of all or nothing. Many of us feel that way sometimes, not just those types, those Midos. So for clients who have this all or nothing thinking in terms of um, not addiction to work necessarily, but in terms of perfection of action, perfection of deed, I advise them to have a different set of menus, so to speak. You know, if it's a great day, do Schedule A. If it is a difficult day, B, C, and D, where each schedule has less activities that day, but it is still semi-structured and has activities on those days that the person can achieve. Living with imperfection, but still trying to give that significance as valid, as opposed to totally letting go and doing nothing. Because if I can't be perfect, I will do nothing. Paul tells us you are allowed to go easy on yourself, even if you study. And I said, my this is my son's name, and I said at the at his breast that, you know, if somebody really nice and sweet tells us something nice, it could be less powerful than someone really wise who could chew us out and give us a tongue lashing is kind to us. Someone can give us a breakdown, but then they come along and they give us mercy. That is actually healing and powerful. 
in this this um, type of transference or counter-transference, we feel something powerful about that. So we need to do that for ourselves and others to remind ourselves we're not doing victimology. We don't have low standards. But in this world, we have to live practically. And it's okay to believe in Shemayim and in the future, things will be on a higher level more perfectly. It's not One is not better than the other. They're both Jewish values. They're both Yashris and Kasher, but we tend to um, are influenced by people who are very machmir, people who are machmir and zealots and kanoim, you know, have really convinced Rabbanim, the various rabbis around, to make stricture, allow stricture, kashrus in other ways. Really, there has to be a balance with these sort of things, which is how we get to Tiferes. Tiferes, Klaus Shabbat How do we add symbolism to education? This is such a beautiful idea here. Using creative arts and teaching. Someone might feel that they have to give all, all the complete information to a student. But guess what? They will not remember that. If you reduce the amount of information, but at the same time, you make something more visual, interesting, kinesthetic, dynamic, that will sink into a student much more. The downside of this is that we are highly susceptible to being manipulated by false information, fake news. It's highly impactful. Look at the world we're living in today. You know, 17 different opinions. Things look polished. Those people are parroting the same opinion. We have to do like the Gemara and Chagiga, make our ears like a millhopper. We have to go very deep, dive, broad, away from corrupt individuals, use intuition, logic, get out of our comfort zone. Facts are harsh. They don't care about feelings. <laughs> that, that is that is Neitzach. As Moshe Rabbeinu keeps developing and uses other mitos, we'll see how he's also a spiritual life coach and he cares. I'm not talking about Moshe Rabbeinu here. I'm talking about truth. Although remember, they mourned Moshe Rabbeinu less than Aharon. They felt comfortable and happy with Aharon. Moshe was, was more blunt with them. Both are essential approaches when used in balance in tandem by these brothers. Mitos through brothers, because to show you it's supposed to be a tandem. But it's it's a it's really destroying the world today. The false information, the impact of media, people not getting together, being able to talk, sitting here, you know, we're sitting here in April, twenty twenty one. You know, places are opening up slowly, but many people still isolated, locked down, stay at home orders, in many places around the world, very strictly, preventing people from getting together, from grinding out the truth, and we we're given symbolic truth, which is highly influencing our opinion and knowledge it can be used for good and for bad in Moshe Rabbeinu's life look at the the whole um set of makos and Yamsu. these highly visual visceral almost comical uh animals and environment being used to send messages of Amuna. many different messages from Maharal and other sources you know frogs are I would argue Frogs are in the ground, and then this is higher up, and that's higher up than that, showing how Kodesh Baruch Hu is in all realms, all different aspects. But it gets one's attention to Ferris Shebanitzach as an instrumental Amuna tool. So I would say I would advise people to you know, be careful, be careful with the visuals and the music and the aesthetics that you allow to go into your mind because they are highly impactful and they stay there. You know, one time I uh, heard someone give me advice, and I realized it was complete Lashon Hara, 
total gossip about someone. I met the person later and they, and they were nothing like that. It took me years just to get that one little nugget of information out of my mind. I mean, uh, and just, just think about what's floating around today in terms of videos and sound bites and sharing information. People will come to you with a, a serious opinion and it's just a headline they saw on social media, they heard in the news. Very, very difficult. Let's get into that. Netzach Shabanetzach. The only truth that is clear is when you grind it up. Uprooting, uprooting mountains and grinding them in the language of the Gomorrah. Real truth, real MS has to be thoroughly ground up. And I once heard in a Kabbalah shir that Netzach Shabanetzach is found in Moshe Rabbeinu's life with the war against Amalek. I cannot remember if I found this. I did a search on my notes. I could not find it. Perhaps it's Tikkuni Zohar or a different Kabbalistic source that quoted Zohar. Anyone can send it in to Rabbi Bailey at the seven ways.com. B A I L E Y. No numbers in seven ways, just the seven ways spelled out. Feel free to send it in. And Bleenet or I'll try to look later. But but this is this is I look I once went through all the spheros and I hope to publish it one day. But this is Nitzach Shabanitzak. You know, Amalek is is really not just provocateurs in the physical sense. What they're doing is a spiritual war. Okay, this is bonus content I'm bringing from the Seven Ways book. I cut out about I left out about 40, 50 percent of what I wanted to put. Um, so I keep hoping to put out the bonus content. Okay, perhaps you will say that Amalek's motives are purely militaristic to attack the Jewish people when the, it is vulnerable. However, Amalek cuts off the bris mila, they cut off the circumcision that makes the Jewish people different from the world. And Rashi brings from Tanhuma 9 over here that the nations of the world were afraid to do battle with the Jewish people and Amalek came and made it possible for others to attack them. To give an analogy, a boiling hot bath that no one could get into, could get down into, and one fool came, a fat fool came, and jumped in, even though he was scorched, he cooled off the bath for others. Amalek cannot stand the fact that the Jewish people have religious fervor, and they cannot stand religious fervor. They're all about questions. Amalek is being gematria suffix. Amalek has to come along and say, well, maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't believe in God. It's not so obvious. They bring the doubt and they fight against religion. In the story, Moshe Rabbeinu has his hands up and he's directing the people to the Shemayim. Lamanetzach. Netzach also means conducting. Not only values and eternity that we're fighting for. Lamanetzach. He's conducting through his MS, through pointing to truth and fact and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Almighty God. Now that I plugged the microphone in, I hope that I sound better. So Netzach Shebanetzach, we, we must do everything we can to find the truth. It takes work and analysis and paying attention and boring sifting of information and looking around and paying more attention. But it is a must. There is no other way to find the truth. Netzach Hod, which is Hod Shebanetzach. Where do we find the emotions within Netzach? So information and logic can impact emotions. I once heard someone say that they 
felt very discombobulated emotionally from their family growing up. He went to college and took Aristotelian logic and straightened him out. Highly logical man. But for us, when we hear schmusen and learn Hashkafa, look at black letters on a white page, that can train our emotions. So that can impact us in a way so as to make us feel settled, to feel better, to feel motivated, direct our hearts to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This can, can relate to the ever-popular nowadays modality of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, this can be used sometimes effectively, and um, I, mean, I mean, it can be used for some things totally and for many things on a smaller scale, part of the treatment. Uh, thinking about you know, our feelings impact our thoughts, impact our behaviors. If we change our behaviors, we change our thoughts. If we change our thoughts, we can change our feelings. The, this little triad is there, but if we change our, change our thinking, we can change our emotions. In terms of our educating others, or, or our teachers educating others, taking emotional factors into consideration when teaching. Moshe Rabbeinu was a spiritual life coach, the Vilna Gaon writes. This is brought in the seven ways. Um, and as a life coach, which is also Yisod Chabnetzach, he is emotionally directing others, combining the logic and the feelings. And as, and as Yisod, he is directing them, setting up a court system, directing individuals. Yehovah, you, Yisro says to Moshe, you will teach people the way to go on it the right way. So we have, we have to remember that sometimes changing emotions is through thinking and information and emotions can get in the way of thinking people who have anxiety have a hard time concentrating some they think some people with anxiety have adhd attention deficit hyperactivity disorder if they cannot concentrate but it is merely emotional disturbances trauma affects how a person can think we have to reverse that we have to make it so education is appropriate for the emotional state of the person, even if it feels like compromise and contraction of the truth. Conductor, directing traffic through information. Management consulting with proper study, proper knowledge. In addition, studying it together can build relationships. That's a good morning condition. A father and a son, a friend, a fremony, friend and enemy, will study Torah and they will engage in war, but they will not deviate from there until they become best friends and love each other. Isn't that unique? Isn't that special? Very special. In addition, culture is downstream from religion. Look out for the Shoptim podcast coming up, God willing, downstream from religion. What people's beliefs are, what a group's beliefs are, uniquely impact how far that culture will go. People's decisions, their morality, their clothing is impacted by that. And I would say Netzach is in the middle of the Spheros, my friend in the Smicha program, Noah Kunin. He's been around the world as a, an amazing Makarev outreach worker. 
He noted that Netzach is in the middle of all the spheros, perhaps because it is kind of the nexus of all of them. It can influence all of them. It can mediate all of them. Sort of like the Rav, a rabbi or a wise female teacher in the middle of the school, the middle of the community. It's a intellectual values-driven mediator. As a personal lesson, we have to remember that how we are values-driven, how we study, how we conduct ourselves can affect our entire lives, our society, our culture. So we have to stay balanced, stay uh, truthful and amistic in those ways. It spills over into culture. There, there's no such thing as a purely halachic life, even if someone is a halachic man. You still live in this world. There is still psychology. We have to take psychological factors and sociological factors into account. We can't give people Judaism that is too boring. We have to fit Judaism to people's personality while still being kosher, biosher. Highly important. On to Machoshebanetzach. In order to find out the truth with the capital T, massive amounts of information must be compared and analyzed. And that's daunting. That's like us up against a king or a malchus a person. We might feel inferior, even a little anxiety-ridden, anxious, nervous. If you look at some of Ravavad Yosef's psaac, and I think he might have embodied Neitzach Malchus, Malchus of Neitzach, perhaps. He'll bring, oh, there's nine poskim over here, and there's ten poskim over there. We'll go with the ten poskim, you know. <laughs> who, who are we even to use our intuition when it comes to opinions and logic and information? Tremendous amount. All knowledge is interconnected. You have to be a polymath, a polyglot, to find accurate truth. Because had you know, the psychology is related to this math, and this math is related to physics, and that's related to um, meta-analyses on studies. Da -da -da -da. That's how you find higher ordinate, higher magnitudes. And levels of truth. The downside is that information dominates. Look at the medical tyranny going on in the world. Informational tyranny. The tyranny of someone else's values around you. So you have a, a unhealthy values-driven negative impact upon you. You're in the wrong place. And you people can say, this is medically good for you. How are you supposed to fight against that? How are you supposed to fight against something that is packaged as absolute truth? Of course, the answer is to use the truth of all truth, the Torah, and the Torah, Torah intuition along with it to temper that. Science and information can be impersonal. Blunt advice can hurt. But kind support and emotional breakthroughs can be comfortable and effective. We have to transition from Netzach to Hod. We can be very dependent on wise leaders to, point, to the point of dependency. We will explore someone who supported and elevated others. Separate, separates the prat from the claw kosherly with Aaron Cohen and the Mita of Hod. Again, feel free to send any comments or questions to Rabbi Bailey at the sevenways.com. Have a wonderful Nate Week.